The Tower, Episode 24, The Titans TV Show, Episode 7. Hey everyone, this is your host, Peter. So this is a podcast on Titans, Episode 7, entitled Asylum. We are back to the Raven story. We have Dr. Abramson finally meeting Rachel. The Titans get captured, trying to free Rachel's mother. We get some more trauma, and we get some more violence, and we wrap it all up with possibly a major decision by the end of the episode. Now, I had to do a second watch of this episode before I recorded this podcast. The first time, a few weeks back, I was falling asleep. I don't know if I was bored, if I was sleepy, I don't know. Not my favorite episode in the bunch. So we're going to jump right to all of the notes uh, that I was writing as I was watching this episode. I, I really only have one larger thought about this episode, but I'll save it for the end. All right, so we open the episode with all of the Titans in the Bruce Wayne safe house, in the Wayne Enterprises safe house from last episode, talking around a table about Dr. Abramson, who is still chained up in the shower. Uh, And I thought, yes, of course, talking around a table, that is such a new Teen Titans thing to do. We finally see that Dr. Abramson can, um, he meets Rachel, they talk, he says, you are not meant to destroy, but to save us, you will heal the world. And these are things that he has said before. Uh, So to show her what she can do, he slices his throat, she rushes in, she touches his neck, she heals him just like the deer from episode four, and proves to her that Perhaps what he's saying is true, but obviously there's a twist to all of this. Now, it did make me wonder why she didn't take some of that pain onto herself. Uh, In the comics, whenever Raven heals somebody, say it's from some disease and the person has boils all over their skin, she will touch them, she will heal them, and, and bring all of that stuff onto her body, so you will see her body actually get some boils, and then it all dissipates. Um, I thought in the Doom Patrol episode, when she managed to heal the one girl that the chief brought in, I thought we saw a little bit of that, that she took in some of the pain, and in this episode, she she kind of winces, screams, it makes you feel like she might be bringing in some of the pain, but it's, obviously we don't see the uh, next slash transfer from doc, Dr. Abramson to Rachel, but I didn't get it as strong. It wasn't as, as evident in this episode as it was maybe in episode four and certainly not as evident the way her healing powers work um, as it is in the comic. So anyway, so at the end of that little sequence, she's left standing there with blood on her hands as Dr. Abramson is brought back to life or or is healed. And I thought, yeah, that <laughs> that makes sense. Blood on her hands, right? Um, so then Dick and Corey talk to him and he says some more stuff about, we want to reunite her with her father. You can't stop him. No one can keep Rachel from him. He reveals that her real mother's name is Angela 
And then later we learn that is Angela Azarath, uh, which is um, Azarath is a name from the Titans comics. It is the dimension. It is the world where uh, Raven's people, uh, where they come from. Now in the comics, um, Arella, that's Rachel's uh, or Raven's mom's name, unless they changed it over the years. But she was actually from Earth, and then she gets seduced by, I think it was by like a demon cult, and they bring her in. She doesn't know that they're demonic, and she winds up having sex with this man who turns out to be Trigon, Ra uh, Raven's father. But uh, I guess they're using the name Azareth uh, for the mother, or maybe that's just a name she's using, and maybe we will actually see Azareth down the road or in another season. That would be cool. I did find it funny that when Dick and Corey were in interrogating Adams, uh, Abramson, he starts singing. He starts giving information left and right just because they're giving him a little pain um, when initially he was like, I, I'm only going to talk to Rachel. But then he starts uh, obviously giving some information out. Now, directing-wise, throughout this episode, whenever they dealt with that shower stall and that bathroom where he was being kept, um, they had some really interesting shots going on um, dealing with reflections. I mean, this whole show has been about reflections in terms of uh, Rachel whenever she looks in a mirror and she sees her demon self. So she would stand there in front of Dr. Abramson and you would see her and you would see her reflection, but obviously it's not demonic. When Dick and Corey were interrogating him, um, there was a real divide between where he was standing and where Dick and Corey were. Or if you saw a close-up of Dick holding Abramson in the reflection was Corey. So I thought filming-wise, that was interesting in a rather... Uh, kind of mundane episode, uh, formulaic episode, that little bit seemed inventive. And um, I wish there was more of that. So Rachel finds out that her mother is being held in an asylum. Of course, she wants to go rescue her. Dick and Corey feel like maybe now is not the best time. Gar agrees, but then we find out later that it's uh, Gar was just saying what he thought the others would want him to say. So Rachel and Gar decide to break out Angela on their own. Teenage rebellion, right? And then, you know, formula, 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 blah, blah, blah. They all get to the asylum. They all get captured. They all get tortured. It's that kind of episode. We learn a little bit about their, um, their inner fears, mostly about Dick Grayson's fears. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought it was standard... Um, if they were going to do this type of episode where they are captured by the villains, you'd think we would have learned a little bit more about them. We really didn't learn anything more. I think what we did learn is that Corey can, uh, heal herself rather quickly. She can regenerate her, her, um, wounds, but we didn't really go too far with that. We didn't really learn too much about Gar. Um, the only, the only possible um, knowledge that we might have learned that was deeper than before is about Dick Grayson, but even that only sort of skimmed what we already know. So anyway, um, they're tortured. They are put through certain ordeals. It made me feel a little like um, 
The opening story arc in the Baxter run of the New Teen Titans from around 1984, it's by Wolfman and Perez. It's the second time that they meet Trigon. And in issue three, the Titans meet dark versions of themselves as a way to face their fears, as a way to um, demoralize the team. And this felt somewhat similar to that, but obviously they didn't meet dark versions. They just met, um, or I should say they were just put through some trauma. So as I said, Dick Grayson is the one we really focus on while he's being drugged and tested on the criminals say things to him like, who are you running from, Mr. Grayson? Let's find out. So we get deep in his psyche and he's dressed up as Robin again and he meets up with, um, a younger version of himself from the actor that's been playing him whenever we see him as a young child. And young Dick Grayson says to him, look, this was supposed to fix everything. You made him into a monster. You did this to me. So I have to imagine what he's saying is Robin was your escape. Robin was your way to find uh, the killer who killed your parents, right? Who killed the flying Graysons. Robin was your escape from that trauma, from that, um, you know, horrible incident. And because he, because Dick Grayson over the years feels like, because he feels like Batman has turned him into a weapon, he's gotten more and more violent. So young Dick Grayson feels like he has perverted what he thought Robin should mean. So that's interesting. You know, it's just another stop along the way in Dick Grayson's journey. For Beast Boy, he's caged like an animal. Okay, that kind of makes sense. They, they're they prodding him with electric prods, and they want to see if he's going to change. As I said, they operate on Starfire, but um, and it does mess with her a little bit um, mentally. Uh, not that we really follow up on that in this episode, but that's all we really see. So one of the things I find a little lackluster is the way that they choreograph uh, Corey using her powers. So she will lean a little bit forward. She will stick out one of her hands or both of her hands and kind of just do like a little bit of an inhale, exhale kind of thing and just start firing her star bolts. Uh, it's kind of flat. It's boring. I, I, I don't know. It just, it feels like it's coming from her forearm rather than from her whole body. Even though the CGI is suggesting that her entire body starts to light up and glow from the inside. I don't know. I just, it could be a little more interesting. It, like I said, it feels real flat the way she does it. We get one more meeting between Rachel and Dr. Abramson. And this is where we find out that even though she took away his uh, pain and, and she healed him, because she's so angry about the knowledge that all of her friends have been captured, she sends it back and his wound returns, his neck wound returns, and he bleeds out and he dies. And while that's happening, you can hear a deep laugh. You can hear Trigon's laugh coming from Rachel, which I thought was great. She meets her mother. I'm assuming it's her mother. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe this could be a little bit of a bait and switch. So we've had Raven kill someone, or I guess you could make the argument she didn't really kill Dr. Abramson, she just gave him back his wound. Um, while they rescue Gar, uh, a, guard come, a guard comes in, 
and Beast Boy changes into a tiger and kills him. It's the first time he he has bitten somebody. It's the first time he's killed somebody. And then when he transforms back into his human form, his mouth uh, is covered in blood, his chest, he spits out blood, and he's in shock. Um, so they all manage to escape, and they're in a hallway. More guards come. Dick says he's going to take care of it. He beats the hell out of them. While they are watching, um, he pretty much goes full Robin from episode one. And then as they start to leave, he realizes, look, we can't let all this be here. And he tells Corey to light up some of the gas lines that are in the hallway. And boom, they blow up the organization, not only the building, but everybody that's inside as well. So, yeah, they are all basically killers now. Um I know that's a little bit, uh, a little extreme to call it that, but you know, in the early Wolfman Perez New Teen Titans, they did they did kill people. They killed aliens. They let uh, a, a Gordanian spaceship. Um, they blew it up. They they sabotaged it and blew it up. When there's the whole Starfire saga, which I haven't gotten to yet here on the tower. Um, there's a whole war going on and, and rules of war, right? You know, you kill and they killed and they even talk about it a little bit. So it's not unheard of, but this was so blatant. So that was interesting. So as the building burns, Dick sees his Robin suit and he sees it burning and he throws his domino mask on top of it. And I, I had to think, wait a minute, why does he even have his Robin costume? He went to the building as Dick and he had visions of being Robin, but he was strapped to a chair. So again, he wasn't Robin. Did he go to his car, grab his Robin suit, and throw it into the fire? I was a little confused by that. Um, or when Corey and Robin, uh, Corey and Dick came to the organization to find Rachel and Gar, once they were inside and they were captured, did the criminals go back to their car and get his briefcase and open it? I don't know. That was just a very confusing ending. It's meant to symbolize that this is it. He's done being Robin. You know, it's all up in flames. Um, that hallway scene where he beats everybody up, I kind of got the feeling that that's the last time he's going to do that to that degree. Um so I just don't understand how the Robin suit could be laying on the ground outside of the building burning, other than it just being a formulaic kind of thing. Okay, so anyway, uh, let's go to the larger thought. My larger thought about this series and about this team, much different from you know what they go through in terms of the comics, is that it's a team born out of major trauma. They are more or less all orphans. Gar is an orphan. Dick Grayson is an orphan. Rachel has found her mother, but for the longest time, she doesn't know much about her history, and neither does Corey. So out of this trauma and this darkness, I get it, we're going to see some light, but I think it puts them on a real damaged level to start with, and I think they're going to have a long way to go. Um, obviously, an episodic TV show is much different than a comic where you're waiting month to month and you can get a little more story in one issue. So I had a theory a while back, I think I even mentioned it in an earlier episode, where it almost felt like every episode of the TV show kind of matched the first issues of the original New Teen Titans series. 
So you had the first issue, which introduced everybody. You had the second issue where they fought Deathstroke. And in the TV series, they went up against the nuclear family. You had the third issue that was uh, had a little bit to do with the villains again, something to do with Starfire a bit. And that's kind of how the TV show played out. And then the fourth issue of the series, you had the team go up against the Justice League, whereas in the series they went up against the Doom Patrol. And then issue five was a little bit of a regrouping with the team as they try to figure out what's going on with uh, Raven and Trigon. That's kind of what happened in the series. Um, but eventually that theory didn't work out and I, I kind of gave it up and it's not perfect. Um, so I said, no, I'm going to scrap that, that it's, that's not how it's going. But in comics form, in the comics format and in the pacing and in the scheduling by issue seven, we had wrapped up the Rachel, the Raven Trigon stuff, and we were starting to see the team just really become a team. So obviously in a TV show where it's weekly and the format is different and they are not layering in so many plot lines or subplots, um, it's a much longer story, even though they're jumping the Titans timeline fairly quickly. I mean, they're not even, they're probably not even two months old and Dick Grayson is already going to become Nightwing by the end of this series, I think. That's kind of crazy. Um... So this notion that they're born out of trauma, they're born out of darkness, um, I can see how that could bring them together. But I still feel like they're going to find a lot of hurdles along the way. And I don't know if I want to see a team for two seasons, three seasons, where they're constantly bickering with each other, um, or they're at each other, at odds with each other, and they make silly choices like Rachel and Gar going off on their own. You know, that's kind of dumb. So I can see it in the early days, but hopefully that's not going to be something that happens later. So really, that's it. That's all I had for this episode. It was okay. But next episode, episode eight, has Donna Troy, and I can't wait. And I know what's going to happen. I bet the other Titans members are going to be sidelined like they always are in these even episodes. But I don't care because here comes Donna. Perhaps my favorite female DC superhero. Perhaps my favorite female comic book super superhero. Um, one of my favorite Titans right up there with Dick Grayson. Uh, I'm just really looking forward to everything about it. So I hope I don't hype myself up too much and then I'm disappointed. <laughs> no, I think it'll be okay. I've, I've been hearing some good things. So, okay, that's it. That's it for this episode. That's it for the Tower episode 24. You know where to reach me, Peter at thedailyrios.com. Come visit the website. Come follow me on Twitter and subscribe to the Tower and to the Daily Rios if you like what you hear and you want to hear more. Okay, that's it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.